Welcome to Inside the Draft, a weekly preview of the upcoming NFL Draft with insiders from around the country. Hey there, welcome inside Inside the Draft. We're back for another week. This is our weekly look at the upcoming NFL Draft at the end of April for the Colts. I'm Matt Taylor. Good to be with you. Coming to you here at the moment from inside the Indiana Union Construction Industry Radio Studio. As you know, the Colts currently sit number four overall in the draft pecking order with about a month and a half left before the big weekend at the end of April. Last week, very busy week for us and all of the NFL. The Combine, where we sat down with several NFL draft insiders, including our conversation we're going to bring you today with Ryan Wilson from CBS. He's one of the best NFL insiders in the biz, and he was nice enough to give us some of his time last week on Radio Row at the Combine inside the Convention Center. So without further ado, here's Ryan Wilson from CBS on the Draft with myself and Casey Valier at the 2023 NFL Combine on Inside the Draft. Always a great pleasure to be with one of our favorites, Ryan Wilson, NFL, NFL Draft Analyst, CBS Sports, cbssports.com, the Pick 6 podcast, which is what I love. That's daily, right? Well, it's daily, and Matt, I'm glad you brought it up because now uh, I work with Rick Spielman, the longtime Vikings general manager. Right. We do a podcast, a draft podcast called With the First Pick. Yep. So that sort of splits times with pick six during this part of the draft, cal- the NFL calendar. So that's been fun. Spielman's a great guy. He's, yes. Yeah. He knows so much about everything, and it's been, it's been a joy to work with him. And like I said, incredibly gracious. Also something of a of – a, uh, a buster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he'll, he'll give you the business. But yeah. Just give back to him and, and you, you get on with your I mean, what have, what have you learned from him in terms of GMing, if you will? Oh, no. So it, it's been so incredibly informative. And I say all the time, like, we, everybody has a draft podcast, and many of them are really, really good. The difference is that there's one draft podcast where you have a former general manager who was in the NFL for 30 years and a GM for 10 years who had draft picks like Harrison Smith and yeah. Justin Jefferson. And he is now – Last I talked to him, has no interest in going back in the league. He, he's sort of embracing this media thing. So he will talk about literally anything. Yeah. The very the one I will say it. I don't, I, he would tell you the same thing. The one thing he wouldn't talk about, and it took me a second to catch it. We were driving around Mobile at the Senior Bowl uh, a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and George Payton has been his right hand man forever. He he and George are incredibly close. He brought George with everywhere he goes. George is now the general manager uh, of Denver. And when we were in Mobile, Sean Payton got hired to help Russ Wilson, among other things, obviously. And I, I totally didn't think about the George and, and Rick connection. I said, uh, so, Rick, what do you think? Is Sean going to be able to pick, fix Russ? And he will talk about anything to the point where you want him to quit talking. And he went, eh. <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't register at first. And then I, I drove another 10 minutes down the road. I said, oh, yeah, George. He goes, yeah, I ain't saying nothing. Anything else he will talk about. So, to answer your question. I like it. On the last podcast, I asked him specifically, and this is – Almost, this is fitting given the, the, the Jalen Carter development. I, I said when Laramie Tunsil, that video came out of Laramie Tunsil yeah. during the draft where he had the gas mask on and presumably they were. 2016, mar- right? I do believe so. Yeah. And I think there was marijuana smoke. I don't know if it's been confirmed or not, but it was filled with smoke. Mm-hmm. Not a good look. Moments before you go before your biggest job interview in, in the world. One of the best players in that draft class would have been probably a top five pick. I think he slipped to 13. I'd have to check where the, the, the Dolphins took them. I took him. I, again, I think that's right. My. I have so many names floating around my head at this point. <laughs> sure. But I said to Rick, I said, okay, you're in the draft room in Minnesota. What are you thinking? Because you're like, oh, this guy, maybe this guy falls to us. Maybe we have an opportunity to draft this guy. I think that's the year that Minnesota took Latron uh, Treadwell, Laquan Treadwell, excuse me. Uh-huh. Obviously, that pick didn't work out. Um, and he said, here's the thing. 
it's one thing for fans and draft media to be like, oh, this clearly makes sense. You can get a great bargain. Don't worry about the off-field stuff. He says, first of all, I have to explain to my owner why I'm going to take someone who's yeah, on now in a video smoking weed, yeah. doing this. Yeah. Then I have to go literally walk 20 steps down the hall and give a press conference where I'm going to get bombarded with questions. questions. Yeah. Fans are going to be like, what, what are we doing? And this has nothing to do with Tunzel, just speaking in generalities, because he's had a great career. I don't think he's had any issues off the field or anything. It was just a, a family thing that uh, someone felt they needed to release and the timing was terrible. But those are the type of things that he talks about, and they're so insightful because we can say uh, as fans or media members, oh, draft this favorite team, draft this player in my favorite team, mm-hmm. and, and not think about the, the larger ramifications, and Rick provides that insight. That's great stuff. What, what does uh, Rick and, and yourself think then about the Colts situation? I know in your latest mock draft you're predicting all of these things, including trades. You, you've got the Colts going up to number one. Why are you confident that you think they can get that done? I think it makes sense, and you guys know better than me. I, I think the, the wild card, fair or not, is what the owner wants to do, right? Because um, and he's actually got unfairly gotten some pushback about how the last half of the season ended with Jeff Saturday. And if you go back and look at the coaches that he's hired, he's got a pretty good track record of, of hiring yeah. really good football coaches. Tony Dungy, Jim Caldwell, Frank Reich, and, and the Jeff Saturday thing feels like the blip on the radar. But whatever you think about the last two months of the season, if you're at four and you love, for example, Bryce Young, I love Bryce Young. Rick, who's as old school as they come and likes big, strong, strapping quarterbacks, loves Bryce Young. Really? Okay. Okay. Yeah, and that that gets your attention, right? Yeah. It, it sort of perks your ears up. And the great thing, if you want to get Bryce Young, and Rick will tell you this, you're going to have to overpay because you're going to get a quarterback. You're not trading up for Will Anderson or, or Jalen Carter prior to, to the news breaking today. Yeah. You're going to get a quarterback, and teams know that. So if that's the case, you may have to overpay a little bit. And if you get Andrew Luck, it's worth overpaying, right? So that's the math you're doing. And the good thing about – and there's been some weird conversations about should the Bears trade Justin Fields and take a quarterback at one. That seems stupid, but I don't think it will happen. But whatever. That point aside, the difference between Indianapolis and Chicago, mileage-wise, isn't very far. One plays inside and one doesn't. You're not putting Bryce Young outside in minus 20 degrees with, with the, the wind gust. Mm-hmm. He's playing indoors in Indianapolis. You play a lot of your games in the, in the division down south, and, and those are considerations you have to make. And I think he would be – I just talked to someone uh, in the league that, that was in the interview with Bryce and said, you will not believe – you do not believe how smart this young man is. Like, he is so sharp. And Rick works with Alabama during the fall, and he said the same thing. So that's no surprise. Great person off the field. I mean, there's so many things to like about him. It's just it's just the fact that he's probably 5'10", 185. Yeah, I mean, is that it for Rick? I mean, why do you think he's been able to kind of flip the script in terms of his thinking and, and his confidence and the belief that despite this guy's stature, he can stay still stay healthy for me? Well, it's funny. I'll, I'll take it one further than Rick. We talked to Will Anderson today, and this is how Will started the conversation about Bryce Young. He said uh, Bryce Young plays in the SEC. He plays against some of the best defensive linemen in the country. And that dude took a ton of hits from some of these big athletic defensive linemen that are going to be playing the NFL one day. Uh And he came out fine. I mean, he hurt his shoulder on a freak sort of uh, run around the end and and landed awkwardly. It wasn't that someone broke him or it wasn't even like the Tua thing where Tua had someone fall on his hip awkwardly and he had that situation. So he's shown the ability to, to be able to withstand the rigors of what it takes to play in the NFL. Also, I mean... I get it. He is slight of frame. Historically, there is no one that has done what he's done to be in the draft position that he's in. And when you look at guys uh, 5'11 or less, 195 or less, a quarterback, two names come up. 
Joe Hamilton, seventh-round pick. Seneca Wallace, fourth-round pick. Yeah. Neither one of those guys were top-five quarterbacks. Bryce Young is different. And I will tell you what changed Rick's opinion. He was down there in the fall, and he saw two or three games live. And you would think, well, okay, I see how small this young man is in person. It was the opposite, he said. He said the things that this guy was able to see and do at that size, he doesn't get balls batted down the line of scrimmage. Yeah. And he, he's a guy with Anthony Richardson. You're going to have to wait for that development to hit. It's not going to happen on day one. And Bryce Young is a guy who shows up on day one, and he's your dude for the next 10 years. Light bulb's already gone off at that point. He is smarter than you could probably imagine based on the folks that I've spoken with. Mm -hmm. And that's one less thing you have to worry about. Yeah, He's a great kid, a great teammate. He's a great young man. He's not a kid. And those are two things you don't have to worry about. Because when you go down the list, you know, you you do the math, right? Okay, this guy's a, a, a... otherworldly talent, but he, he's a pain off the field. Yeah. No such issues with Bryce Young. You, 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 he's ready. He's just not tall. The only <laughs> thing is, right, if you put him in Will Levis's body, we're, we're just saying, okay, yeah. well. There's Andrew Luck. There we go. Yeah. Now, it seems like with these two quarterbacks and C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, I'm not going to say they're safe, but you kind of it's almost like half of the story is written. Like right. You kind of know what that introductory and maybe the first couple chapters already look like instead of Will Levis and Anthony Richardson with the raw talent. Now, Bryce Young, you just made a, you know, a very good case for that. When you look at C.J. Stroud, how far is that gap between him and Bryce Young? And I know when you look at, you know, from stature, as Matt keeps talking about, I mean, they're, they're polar opposites. Yeah. But how far is that difference? I, it's not stark. There is a difference, but I've talked to NFL teams that said C.J. will be in the running for quarterback one. And part of the conversation, again, is the size. Yeah. Um, for Bryce, not C.J. C.J. fits the build of the quarterback you're looking for. We talked to C.J. at the Super Bowl. He was out there. Rick and I did. And, again, incredibly smart, sharp young man. And it is weird because I asked Rick about this. I said, how often is it that you see a player so long in his NFL career, in college career, you know he's going to the NFL prove something to you like C.J. did in that game against Georgia. Right. Because typically no one cares if you're a running quarterback. You want to see if you can throw. And he's been doing that his entire career. And then we see what he did against the best defense in college football. And he put that team in position to win. They missed that field goal at the end. But that was all C.J. doing things that he knew he could do, but NFL teams didn't. So that that was an opportunity to to learn something else about him. And I think the size, he doesn't throw with the anticipation of of Bryce Young, but I think Bryce is one of the best anticipation throwers in this class. But he's also throwing to Marvin Harrison. So, I mean, he can throw early or he's going to be open anyway. So you you have to do that math and figure it out. He's a better passer coming out than Justin Fields was a few years ago. Not the athlete, but that's rare. And I I think there's an opportunity for C.J. to to be in the mix there. And now sticking with those two guys, how much does that help Bryce Young? Because, I mean, you look at this Alabama receivers over the last handful of years, you had first-round talent after first-round talent. This year you got nobody even here at the Combine that he was throwing to. And then C.J. Stroud, as you just mentioned, Marvin Harrison Jr. isn't in this draft, but if he was, we'd be talking about him. you got a handful. So how much does that help Bryce Young to do what he did with guys that – now, they're probably going to be NFL talent, but they weren't your Justin Jefferson-like yeah. players. No Jerry Judy, no Henry Ruggs, right. no Jalen Waddell. I mean, the list goes on and on. And that's a great point. I, I, I like to bring that up periodically because you talk about Tua and you talk about Mac. they were throwing the first-round guys all day long. Right. Yeah. And both those guys went in the first round for different reasons. And it's funny you bring that up because we were talking to Drew Sanders, who transferred from Alabama to Arkansas, he's an off-ball linebacker who can play a little edge. And I said, all right, it doesn't matter now. You're not there. Who's better, Mack or, 
or Bryce, and he, he didn't answer the question. He just gave the can that they're both really, really good <laughs> young men, great NFL careers and, and all that. But that is a fair question to ask. And I said this about Mac because I was a Mac guy coming when he came out, and, you know, I got a lot of pushback. But if Mac were in Tua's body, no one would care. Mac looks like me with my shirt off. Now, and that was his issue. He hey, give like, yourself some credit now. Right, okay, I mean, <laughs> you're, you're downplaying. I know this is radio, but the, I mean, you're a good-looking guy. I am uh, 25 years older than Mac Jones, and, and it shows. But that was the, the knock on Mac, and sort of the similarly the knock on on Bryce is that he's he's small framed. Um, but I think that's a great point because CJ last year was thrown to Chris Olave, Garrett right. Wilson, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, who led that team in receiving. Uh, receptions and receiving yards, and then of course Marvin Harrison uh, Jr. So that's also what you have to, to consider. But look, Justin Fields goes to Chicago. They have no one to throw the ball to. You could put Tom Brady on that team. You could put yeah. Patrick Mahomes on that team. Right. That team is going to stink. So it's about putting the unless you're in San Francisco because San Francisco apparently <laughs> yeah. all bets are off. Yeah, they're the one wild card. For you sure. have to put the the quarterback. Give them opportunities to succeed. The, the Bears figured that out the second half of the season. It felt like, but they still have a lot of work to do. But I think that's a great point about the differences non-physical differences, if you will, between C.J. and yeah. Bryce in terms of what they were working with. Uh, how much of a dark horse is, is Will Levis in all of this? He is a jet black dark horse. Okay. <laughs> I mean, did we not get the full picture last year with him because of the did. injuries? Or? No, that's fair. And that's right. He had the shoulder. He had the toe. Three guys on the offensive line were drafted from the year before. So that, that unit struggled. Wondell Robinson got drafted in the second round by the Giants. They mm-hmm. had freshman playing wide receiver. Chris Rodriguez, the running back, was suspended for the first four games. He'll be drafted this week, uh, this year, and those all add up, and I get it. He's, by all accounts, a great young man. He's incredibly smart. I think he's a finance guy, great family, good teammate, you know, all the things you want. But at the end of the day, are you taking a four based on what you saw last year? Because typically when you're drafted in the top ten, you're going to a bad football team. And he didn't raise the level of productivity yeah. for that Kentucky team, fair or not, and there are reasons for it. If you go back and look at 2021, which is what NFL teams will tell you to a person, those games were different. I say I get that. But I still had to watch last year. Mm-hmm. And there's still guys like Bryce Young who didn't have people to throw through, who throw to, who were taking huge hits and elevated the play around them. Yeah, you just said if you're going in the top five, in the case of the Colts, if you're going four, you're going to a bad football team. Are, are the Colts a bad football team based on what you saw last year? I mean, is oh, it last cir- year. circumstantial? Last year, the second half of the season, they were an absolute mess. But going into the season, everyone, myself included, I'm sure you guys were, you're like, oh, this is. AFC South. They, Matt Ryan is going to find it. Right. They're going to work it out. Frank Reich, that fit's going to be there. And right. it even felt different than the Carson Wentz stuff, even though Frank and Carson had that connection. Mm-hmm. Because Matt was certainly much more consistent. We made excuses for him, almost like Will Levis, about why things struggled, didn't work out in Atlanta towards the end. The offensive line was terrible. Uh, there weren't anyone to throw to. That that team wasn't a good football team. And it, it just didn't work. I don't think the Colts are bad. I mean, Darius Leonard was hurt, or Shaquille Leonard was hurt the entire the entire year entire, uh, right. pretty much. So there were a lot of mitigating factors. I don't think they're a bad football team, not at all, especially in that division. I agree. What's going on with Tennessee in the quarterback situation? Right. We don't know, right? And, and so they're, the Texans have two first-round <coughs> picks, two and, and 12. And if they get the quarterback right and get an offensive lineman or a wide receiver, maybe that helps them, new coaching staff and all that they have to work through. So there are plenty of things that are – playing in the Colts' favor for sure. And I think they have a, ch- a chance to be really good. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, if you know, Shane Steichen comes in, he seems like a great fit, seems like a very intelligent guy that can process a lot. He's going to call the plays. He's going to have to manage the game. Assuming they get the quarterback right, Ryan, 
I mean, are, are the Colts one of those teams that could be the Jacksonville Jaguars of next year or a team that could make the playoffs next year that didn't the year before? Imagine I mean, if I said to you last year when we spoke, Matt, uh, what do you think about me saying this? What do you think about me saying that the, the Colts could be the next Jacksonville Jaguars? You would have laughed yourself out of I mean, like, well, what does that mean? You know, because at that point we didn't know. But, I mean, like, no one saw Matt Ryan having right. 15 fumbles. Right. And, I mean, yeah. no, just no one. I mean, it didn't work out. But no one saw it not working out to the degree that it did Absolutely. Didn't. And I think there's a, an opportunity for a bounce back. Mm -hmm. Only because the, the pendulum swung so far in the wrong direction that people didn't account for or see coming. And, right. and I, I think – you know, like I said, unfairly, probably Chris Ballard took some some heat and, and the owner took some heat, but that's only because things are going sideways. Like things are going strengths became weaknesses. Right. Right. I mean, I, I mean the whole the old uh, Bill Parcells line, right? You are what your record says you are. And certainly they deserved and, and dug themselves into that 4-12-1 record last year. But I think, again, if you just look at it objectively, this is a team that I think is – they're not just a quarterback away, certainly. Well, let me ask you this. What, what did the Jaguars do last year? They got a competent head coach, mm -hmm. and they allowed their franchise quarterback to, to not grow. be coached by right. a crazy person. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it worked out. Now, they had a ton of, oh, I like that. They had a ton of cap space, so they went out and got some guys. They got Calvin Ridley, who's going to come back, which is a huge development. Yeah. So they're making steps in the right direction, and it's not like the culture. I don't feel like the culture are far away at all. Yeah. My, my final thing with you, we, we've talked a lot about quarterback, and, and rightly so, especially where the Colts are and all of that. When you look outside of quarterback, it seems like the other two names we've heard, I know Jalen Carter, that's going to be a story we're yeah. going to be watching you know, from here on out for sure, um, and Will Anderson. But who are those next guys that you're going to – hear a lot of when when the draft rolls around because not everybody's drafting a quarterback and those are the other two top tier guys who are the other guys you're looking at yeah you mentioned will anderson and jalen carter they're always mentioned at the top and right behind will anderson it'll be interesting to see how this plays out is tyree wilson the edge rusher out of texas tech we talked to him this morning and <clears throat> talked to him at the senior bowl as well he has a foot injury that will ultimately decide where he gets drafted he's a top five pick all day long he is long he is explosive, and he is going to get a lot better. And if you watch him at all in, in college, that should be a, a scary prospect if you're an offensive, offensive lineman. And along that same line, Miles Murphy out of Clemson, 6'5", um, uh -huh. 275, who can put on weight. Can, you can line him up just about anywhere. So explosive, so strong, incredibly smart young man, takes school very seriously. And, and again, you see these freakish athletes that I don't remember seeing as frequently as I feel like I see now. <laughs> um, and they're so polished, and, and, and you feel like their issues off the field are, are things you don't have to worry about. Offensive linemen, we haven't had a chance to. They haven't come through yet. But if you need offensive linemen, there are a ton of guys in the first round, four or five, six guys that you can target early in the, in the round two as well that can help your football team right away, whether it's on the outside, whether it's a guard. And there are going to be some centers I don't think any sticking to the first round. There are going to be a handful of guys that are mentioned, but definitely top 50, top 75 guys yeah. that can come in and start day one for sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. I always enjoy uh, your work and appreciate talking to you here at the Combine, Ryan. That's Ryan Wilson, NFL, NFL draft analyst, CBS Sports, the Pick 6 podcast. One more time with a new podcast with Rick. With the first pick with that guy, Rick Spielman. Yeah, absolutely. Check it out on Twitter. It's everywhere, and so is Ryan Wilson. Ryan, again, thanks for the time, man, and uh, enjoy the rest of your stay here. Thank you, guys.